Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for January 5th, 2014. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Russ Dean, co-pastor at Park Road with Amy Jacks Dean. This sermon is entitled, The Threat of Christmas. In November, a year ago, our family was fortunate enough to be able to travel together to Carlos Rojas, Cuba. It was a wonderful chapter in our ongoing partnership between churches. The people of Resurrection Baptist Church no doubt benefited from the experience, but I am confident that the deans got more than we gave. The educational opportunity to, for two teenage boys was immeasurable, and being in this setting gave us a chance to talk to our sons about the threat of Christmas though that wasn't what we called it at the time. Several times as we toured with Asdrubal and his family, we talked to them about the work of a pastor in that setting, and we were confronted with this issue, which we engaged with them carefully. For example, one day Asdrubal said to us that every Christian church in Cuba has a spy from the Communist Party. Christian pastors, he said, don't know which of their members is working undercover for the government, but most of them have a pretty good idea who it might be listening in, listening carefully, willing to go back and report back any questionable practices or threatening language. Threatening language from a Christian pulpit? You see, it's a little bit complicated. The church and the state, a government of any form, have always had a tenuous relationship, church and state. The state, looking to protect the state, looks to institutions of any kind to uphold its authority. And when the church cooperates, because it is often a significant social institution within the society, it can be a powerful partner with the forces of government. But that's not always the way it works. Some ecclesiastical leaders do interpret text and adopt policies and present sermons in a careful way that bolster the existing authority. But some have a hard time letting the Scripture's powerful message of liberation lie fallow. These leaders adopt the prophetic voice they hear in the wisdom of the Old Testament and in Jesus' words and actions. The prophetic, voices, ex- the prophetic voice expresses a priority for the poor and speaks for the people, for all of the people. This message of empowerment can be a threat to any prevailing power. And so these quote-unquote spies in the Cuban churches are listening carefully for any of these words that might provoke revolt within the people. People getting an idea that they have power, that the government is constraining. You see, preaching is a powerful task. We explain to our boys that pastors have to be careful with their words because too much freedom is a threat 
whether the government is a totalitarian dictatorship or a communist regime or American democracy. Oscar Romero was assassinated at the altar of a San Salvadoran church because the liberation theology he preached challenged the authority of the national government. It was the same threat, threat to the prevailing power expressed in government policies and cultural norms that also led to the murder of Martin Luther King Jr. in our country. Threat to the powers that be. Preaching is a dangerous thing because words may actually be the most powerful weapon in the world and empowering people, the masses of people, will always be a threat to every form of government. So my friend Dr. John Ballinger can claim, I think rightly, that on that first epiphany that we've been telling you about today, there may have only been one person in all the world who understood what that Christmas birth really meant and understood why it was such a threat. It was not Mary who was pondering in her heart all she had heard. It was certainly not Joseph who had been in the dark from the beginning. It was not the shepherds abiding in the fields. It was not the wise men from the east, though they came in search of a new king. Maybe the only person in the world who really understood was the one person who held the most power in that world. In an Epiphany sermon, John Ballinger says this of Herod the king. Herod the Great was a pathetic, warped, frustrated old man. There's a story that when he was about to die, he arrested some of the prominent citizens of Jerusalem with orders that they were to be killed as soon as he died because he was determined that there were going to be tears shed on the day that he died. And why would anyone think to doubt the legitimacy of such a story as this? Herod murdered his wife. He murdered his wife's mother. He had three of his own sons assassinated. The emperor Augustus is quoted as having said that it was safer to be Herod's pig than one of his sons. In times of difficulty, Herod did remit taxes to make things easier for the people, and in the famine of 25 B.C., he actually melted down his own gold plate to buy corn for the starving people. But Herod is terrified, as the Scripture says, of this birth. It's as if he had a premonition about the first being last, the meek inheriting the earth as if he knew that he would not fare well in Jesus' system, as if he understood that there was no way for him to stay where he was, on the top, in control. He understood and it scared him. Deplorable as it is, his is the only reaction to Jesus that conveys an awareness of the profound effect Jesus would have on individuals and a world about to be turned upside down. 
Herod. The only one who understood Jesus and the threat of Christmas. It's terrible not to be understood. I've been there before. So have you. I can only imagine that it still saddens Jesus because so few have really understood him. Many of his own people didn't get it, did not understand, could not follow. So many of the Jews did not follow. And it's hard not to see his own disciples just like some silly comedy sketch bumbling around behind Jesus but never quite catching on. And Jesus' own people today, do we get it? I think we're not much better. Christians read the Christmas story and hear about angels singing and that heavenly host reinforces our need for heavenly miracles when the point of the story is that God's work is on earth and the shepherd the lowliest, least appreciated, least respected people in the whole society were told first. It is a brilliant clue that they are what God is all about. But too many still cannot see. The last, the least, the meek, the poor, the dispossessed, the widows, the orphans, the immigrants, the outcasts, the prostitute, the lepers, the powerless masses. Jesus came to them. Jesus came for them. Instead, we have inherited the greatest national and military system the world has ever known, and we have empowered it with his name. The Christian empire, which the United States has become, hardly resembles a child born of questionable parentage laid in a feeding bin and announced to the least respectable people in the whole world. And when any Christian preacher offers a word that seems to challenge the American system and our values of power and money, he or she often seem not to be understood But Herod understood. He understood that Christmas was a threat because that child represented a vision that empowers the powerless and turns everything upside down. It was a specifically Jewish vision which Jesus, as a Jew, adopted as his own. The irony of Epiphany is that even as Jesus appeared, he is still so misunderstood. The Magi saw a star and interpreted that sign in the heavens to mean something great was happening on earth. And they got that part right. They came in search of a new king who obviously had been born to the Jews. But pretty soon the followers of this king of the Jews who began to be called Christians, reinterpreted his kingship and for the most part made his a heavenly kingdom and made him a Messiah with a mostly 
otherworldly purpose, namely to save us from the sins that will keep us out of heaven, not from the sins that keep heaven from coming to earth. When the Christian story became so otherworldly, so disconnected from establishing God's peace on earth, the Jews rejected it. But thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven actually is what Jesus taught. So in rejecting Jesus' Jewishness, Christians miss the point too. Ironic, isn't it? Jesus was proclaimed a Jewish king by the Magi, and Matthew's gospel goes to great lengths to prove his legitimacy as the long-awaited Jewish Messiah. But we have made him too Christian for Jews and not Jewish enough for Christians. But Herod understood. He understood that Jesus' Jewish vision to transform this earthly realm into God's actual reign, a vision that will bring down the mighty and raise up the lowly, is still a threat to the powers that be. Powers political, powers religious, still a threat. And the specifically Christian claim that God inaugurated a bold new chapter of that work of earthly transformation in the life of a Jewish child named Jesus. This claim is an epiphany too few have seen and even fewer have been willing to let rule their living. What about you? Can you see it? Can you see Jesus? Can you see that his vision is a threat? Can you see? May it be so. Thanks for listening today. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Grace and peace to you.